Welcome Queens to another episode. I have a very special guest and friend with me today. It's one of my previous client, Laura, Laura Sullivan. I'm going to read Laura's bio to you and then introduce her. So Laura is a support and well-being officer at the University of Nottingham by day and has a keen interest in helping others. Laura has a bachelor's degree in English literature and American studies and gained a master's in psychology in 2020 and wrote a dissertation. Say the look, say the word, Laura. Dissertation. Dissertation. Thank you. Entitled Women and Identity. How does your menstrual cycle make you feel about yourself? Laura is a keen singer and enjoys amateur musical theatre in her spare time. So without further ado and me messing all the words up, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Great. Let's go into the fire questions. Let's do it. All right. Number one, favourite food. Oh gosh, number one. Um, oh god, there's so many things flitting through my mind, but pizza comes to mind first. <laughs> Good choice. Number two, what's your favourite time of the day? Um, I would say early evening, sort of around maybe between six and eight o'clock. Why? Um, just because I find that I've kind of I've got home from work. I've managed to get myself a cup of tea and just have a bit of downtime. And then it's usually food time as well. So, and I enjoy my food. <laughs> Amazing. Number three, do you have a favorite quote or mantra or saying that you like to share with others? Um, I'm trying to think now. I, there's loads. I mean, I love quotes. So I always share them on social media and stuff anyway, but um. To be honest, it's probably more songs that I enjoy. Mm. Um, so Lizzo, as you know, is one of my favourites. <laughs> yes, she's a queen. Um, yeah, and I think Special is one of my favourite songs by her because obviously it talks about, uh, she's speaking about, I think she's speaking about herself. The way I interpret it is she's speaking about herself and she's telling herself how special she is. And so it's just really lovely to hear that and when you're singing along you can enjoy that and actually sing that to yourself as well oh I love that I I used to and I still do listen to love songs that have that have been written to another person and then actually sing them to myself yeah I think I've always done that over the years as well I think it's because I've always been into singing um since I was little so it's always been music's always been in the house so it's always been something that I've enjoyed doing so yeah I think I've always loved love songs as well (laughs) such a gift to ourselves isn't it yeah all right number four describe yourself in three words okay I would say kind um badass yes and vivacious Oh, I love that. What does that last one mean? Uh, just that I am a curvy lady and that, oh, curvaceous. You know, curvaceous. Yes, yeah. yes, love it. Owning it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number five, best experience of your life so far. I know that's like a really difficult question. <laughs> um, I think probably getting proposed to by Conic, my partner because I wasn't expecting it and I was being very grumpy 
and he took me to the side of the lake which is at the university that I work at he took me to the side of the lake and basically um kind of waited for people so it, it's kind of a, a path where lots of people walk around they walk dogs and stuff around there and he waited until kind of there was a bit of a, a clear moment um and got down on one knee and I literally just burst into tears because oh. I was just not expecting it at all and I was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful yeah oh. it was lovely because I was I was being very grumpy because I didn't want to walk around the lake I was like what are we doing this for <laughs> That's epic. (laughs) Oh, thank you for sharing that moment with us. I love to hear proposals. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, number six. What are you most excited about at the moment in your life? Um I think getting married is one of the things because obviously that's just super exciting. And I never kind of thought that it was going to happen for me. So it was it was a big shock um and you know it's kind of it's becoming reality now because mm-hmm. I've got my dress and everything so it's like it's all exciting so I'm really looking forward to that but I'm also really looking forward to like traveling more mm-hmm. um because we plan to to get married and then go away um on a holiday um, and go somewhere that we've never been before oh yeah that's what I want to do with my life yeah how exciting Mm. all right do you have a pet hate and if so what is it probably do I'm trying to think I don't really like people that bite the nails Mm, yeah (laughs) second that I think that it just it breaks on me a little bit and I I can't stop thinking about the germs (laughs) Yeah, good one. Good one. Also, I don't like it. You know, when people bite the nails that severely that it's all the way down, like they've hardly got any nails. Mm. I just think it must be really painful. (laughs) Yeah, I've never done that habit, thankfully. I've never got into that. No, neither have I. Yeah, but people do, yeah. Good one. Dogs or cats? Both. I can't choose. I love them both. I I have a dog and I have cats. And I just love them. So, yeah, I, I think I had cats first, um, which I really enjoyed having kittens and, mm. you know, seeing them grow up. Um, and they're now nearly three. Um, but I also love dogs. Every time I see a dog, I'm like, oh, look at that dog. It's so cute. I love how you just owned it and was like, I'm I'm not choosing. I'm having both. Yeah. I love that typical queen thing okay (laughs) number nine is there anything that you like that others may consider weird or strange Hmm. that's a difficult one trying to think I don't know I think maybe it's combinations of things Mm. so like when ever since I was little I've really enjoyed eating yogurts with crisps in them oh yeah that's weird (laughs) I think it's the sweet and the savory yeah Um, so I used to have a yogurt at school and then I would have like a bag of salt and vinegar crisps or something and I would dip them in do you know what? I'm going to try that because I like hot and cold, sweet and sour, spicy and sweet, sweet and savory. I like salted 
chocolate covered salted pretzels. Mm, so do I. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love yeah, that. And that's the thing. I think, yeah, I think it just works. Yeah. I'll trust you and I'll try and I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The last quick fire question. What do you want people to take away from this podcast? Um, I think I would like them to take away that it's okay to be yourself. Mm that actually it's not you that's wrong it's it's society and uh, you know all of the things that that we kind of be pressured into or told that we should be a certain way that actually it's that that's wrong it's not you oh boom I love that so let's go dive into the 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 meat and potatoes if you like of this conversation but I want to start off with how we met and what caused you to reach out to me and sign up for coaching. If you don't mind going back in time and describing like how you felt around food in your body when we met. Okay. So, yeah, so I'd, so I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder and basically I kind of self-diagnosed. I went to the doctors and said, I think I've got this because I'd looked up the, um, the symptoms and things because I was searching for an answer. Yeah. Searching for some kind of answer as to why I really struggled to not eat so much as other people. Um, and also the kind of quantities that I was eating it in, um, and hiding food and things like that. It was the behaviors and things that I was displaying. I was kind of concerned about it. And I kind of thought, you know, what is it? What, what am I doing so wrong? Um, and so I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder. I did have some treatment through an NHS service, um, which was a, consisted of like a dietitian um, and a therapist. And we started looking at um, body neutrality and yeah. um, kind of, you know, instead of thinking, why am I so fat? Why is it so bad? It was like, you know, looking at health at every size and um, looking at body neutrality, looking at things that were kind of, why is it so wrong? You know, who says it's so wrong? Um, so I was already kind of on that part of the journey, I suppose. And then that treatment came to an end and I was still struggling with quite a lot of uh, the behaviours. Um, and I also felt as though, Every time I went, it was, you know, I'd got to get weighed. That doesn't um, make sense because what you were saying, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy to hear that that's how you were treated. But then now what you're saying, that's a misalignment with what they're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was strange because I was like, why am I getting weighed if it's not an issue? Mm -hmm. But I know that obviously for their kind of... <laughs> it's almost like for their statistics or for their um, findings, you know, maybe they have to write a report or something when they've seen a client. Um, they'd got to have some sort of numbers on that. And it's like the only thing that they would ever do was weigh you. Mm. And I was confused by it and and kind of thought this, this is just feels a bit wrong mm. um, because every time I get on the scales and I'm a bit heavier, I feel bad about myself again. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was looking for something else yeah. um, and I think it was through podcasts that I found you. Um, obviously we're doing one today, so that's great. Yes. <laughs> Let's find and the podcast people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I was I was listening to other people's podcasts and I think you were a guest on somebody else's mm, yeah I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was because I was listening to, I was trying to put myself in that world and and listen to all the different things that I could to try and help um and I think you were a guest on somebody else's and then I found your podcast from that and thought oh I'll listen to this um and then obviously your website and everything so that's kind of how we came together I suppose and did you ask me what I was looking for no like what you answered that beautifully like what you were struggling with and what enabled you to reach out and I didn't know the backstory actually, so I'm I'm really grateful you've shared that with regards to you getting the help that was also aligned and then completely contradicting itself at the same time. Mm-hmm. What had you tried before? Because the, the reason I ask you these questions is obviously the people listening, if they're resonating with what you're you've said so far, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're gonna resonate with everything you've tried to quote get stop the binge eating. What had you tried before? Yeah, I think with binge eating, I I think I wasn't aware for a long time and I basically I from being sort of well let's start at the beginning I was 11 pound two when I was born so I've always been told that I was bigger than everybody else and you know I was a chubby kid um and you know it was puppy fat and it would fall off me and all of this kind of thing um and actually looking back at as at pictures of me as a child I wasn't actually that much bigger than anyone else and it probably maybe a little but you know I wasn't kind of very overweight I suppose um not that that's a bad thing but obviously this is kind of how I was conditioned yeah and basically I started dieting from probably around 12 to 14 um did uh slimming world a lot of times um which we all know can can perpetuate binge eating because at the time when I started it it was the red and green and it was a case of you can eat as much meat as you want or you can eat as much vegetables as you want and it's like not together yeah not together (laughs) and and also like that's kind of saying there's no limit they I remember them saying there's no limit there's no limit so I would binge on on pasta on you know carbohydrates because I was like, well, you know, I'm still losing weight, um, but I can eat all these carbohydrates and do it. So I think that's kind of where it came from as well. It, it, you know, I had a bit difficulties in my in my teens and um, some difficult relationships and things. But I think a lot of it, looking back, was probably to do with the diets that I was on because, you know, as I know now, the diet culture perpetuates itself and you just end up trying different things to try and do the same thing and actually it makes it worse yes exactly that yeah Yeah. and so with regards to you found me you started the process you tried all these things before did you think and when I say work I'm going to use for the podcast uh ear quotes when we had our first conversation and I was describing like what you could live in so feeling at peace around food, food just not being an issue, being happy in your body and all of that without losing weight or without getting your food quote under control, just changing your relationship to all of that. Did you think that would work for you? And if so, why? And if not, why not? I think I wanted it to work for me because it was the thing that I was searching for. I was Mm -hmm. searching for, 
you know, I always used to kind of think to myself, I wish I could just enjoy food like a normal person, yeah. you know, in quotes, normal, but now, now I know in quotes, normal person. Um, I used to think, I wish I could just accept my body and, you know, be happy and just, just live in my body as it is and just, you know, not worry so much about other people and, and what society thinks about me. Mm. But I was also, you know, going through relationships where maybe, it, you know, it, they would make comments and things and that wouldn't be great either. So it, it, there was always this kind of turmoil in me that it, it was, well, you've got to diet to lose weight, but then I don't want to do that because actually I know that that's not really helping, but I don't know what else to do. So it was always kind of like that. Um, and I think when I met you, I was, I really wanted it to work, but I wasn't sure that it would because hmm. I was just so kind of, uh, wrapped up in all of that diet culture that it was it, you know everything else is pointing towards this is not going to work yeah yeah because we go against every single belief you've ever been taught to believe that feels true right it's a belief for a reason yeah. and then you start to question is Victoria crazy well yes I am but on a serious note like wait because I sit here under the quote thin privilege still right and you know I want to I actually want to ask you a personal question of like what made you sign with me compared to someone in a similar body type to you. I'm curious to, for you to answer that if you feel comfortable in a moment. But I do sit here under the thin privilege umbrella um, and I don't experience discrimination externally. I've experienced it all in my head and I've had loads of comments before, of course, but it, it's going against every single thing we've been taught to believe. And that's the hardest part but it's worth it when you get to the other side. So if you don't mind answering, why did you uh, resonate with me when mm. we're perhaps not in the similar body types? I think it was from listening to your podcast. It it, it was just you. It, it's, it's about you. It's not, it's not about the size of your body because I knew that you understood that as well. Yeah. You know, yes. it's weird. It's making me feel a bit teary, but it's it was just it was just it was just you it was everything that you were saying that I was resonating with mm -hmm. and I wanted to believe the same things that you were believing and I think you know yes I did look you know I'm not going to lie I did look at the size of your body and think mm, is this going to work for me but then I looked at other alternatives and I was not necessarily comfortable with with those either because it didn't resonate with me in the same way that your message did mm. so for me it was a bit of a no-brainer because I was just like I feel a connection to you mm. and obviously now we're friends so it's it's amazing and you know I, th I, I literally I love you to pieces so it's you know I think that's and I feel the love from you as well so that's that's the most important thing I think for me was just finding somebody that I really connected with um, and that I felt as though I could work with. Yeah, thank you, Laura. I'm receiving that and I <laughs> love you too. You. Um, tell us, how was your? how would you describe your relationship with food now? And then I'm going to ask you about how you see and feel in your body. But if you were to have a relationship with food and food was a person, how, what words would you use to describe how that relationship is? And then I'd like you to go into the actual technical, how you see food as food, so people can see how far you've come. Okay, so I suppose, um, 
How would I describe the person? I would describe them now as a friend, really. Mm. As 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 a friend, as somebody that I can go to when I feel hungry. Um and also when I have other emotions and actually knowing that that's okay. Um I think it's somebody that is not in my face all the time. Whereas I think before I felt as though it was like food, food, food. I don't feel like that any longer. It's it's more of a, you know, I, li- I try to listen to my body now and actually when I'm hungry and then I look to food. So it's like, it's a friend who's always there when I need them, but they're not kind of in my face all the time. That's such a beautiful way of describing it. So they're not stepping overstepping boundaries. They're not like, it's not like a codependent relationship anymore where you absolutely rely on that and that alone. But you, I, I loved what you said. It's also okay to go to this friend just when you need some comfort and you're not hungry. That's absolutely okay. And that's what we do. I love that description. So what does that look like in day-to-day life for you? Does it look like eating three nourishing meals a day? Does it look like literally eating whenever you're hungry? And then like, what does that look like tangibly for someone who is perhaps on Slimming World and counting sins, which there's a problem with the actual word a sin for a start. Someone who's in that path, like you used to be, how would you describe your relationship with food now with the day-to-day of it? I think the main thing is that I am calm around food. Mm. I don't panic around food anymore like I used to. And I I try to stop and think before deciding what I want Mm. because I try and listen to what it is that I actually want. You know, um, sometimes my partner will say, what do you want for tea? And I'm like, can you give me 10 minutes? Because I just need to tune in and think about what I actually really want and what I really fancy. Um, and then I'll come back to you. Um, so I think that is such a huge change for me because I would just grab food before yeah. and I wouldn't really think about it. And it was almost like um it was almost like an automatic thing. Yeah. I'd be going and getting food because I needed it, but it I wasn't really sure why, and it wasn't food that was necessarily nourishing for my body. So I think now I, obviously, I mean, I work nine to five, so I do kind of have certain meal times that are kind of rigid, but then like on the weekend, I do kind of do kind of free eating where basically I just eat when I, whenever I'm hungry and look for something that uh, that I'm going to enjoy the most. And I think for me, like looking forward to to nice food and delicious food is such a huge change because I don't think I actually really enjoyed eating that much before. Yeah, that's what I wanted to go into. So like, let's take Slimming World, because of course I've done Slimming World also. Mm. And if as far as diets are concerned, all of them are bullshit, but Slimming World's one of the quote... Better, I'm doing this with a funny face as well, like better ones compared to like Atkins or keto, for example. Mm-hmm. But with the pasta, and I used to do the same, especially with the red days and green days, unlimited eating as much as you want is such a free for all. And because you're restricting other things, you were eating even if you didn't want to eat it. Yeah. So 
You didn't even enjoy it though, but now because you can have a brownie without having to count sins and because you can have cheese without having to weigh it as what was it, your A choice or whatever they yeah. changed it to, <laughs> that's so freeing. So what's it like now living in food freedom when you're not having to count, weigh, follow a plan? How does that feel to someone who who just thinks, wow, I would just love to experience that? How does it feel? It feels really liberating really liberating because I think yeah like like you say counting measuring and weighing things is just uh, it's just a chore Mm. and you know you don't enjoy it what's it's almost like you're doing it just you're only thinking about the number on the scales yeah and you're not actually thinking about how you feel about it and how your body feels about you know what it needs mm. you're literally just eating for eating's sake yeah and I think you know now it, it I don't have that I can literally just think what do I fancy and then you know like just just literally have what I want like last night before tea I had an ice cream lolly because I just fancied one and it's like usually I've got my mum's voice in the back of my head bless her you know, from when you're a kid and they say, oh, you can't have your dessert first. And yeah. it was, do you know what? I can have my dessert first because I can have whatever I want whenever. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And would you say, I'm going to use this word only because it resonates with the listeners. Mm. Would you say you binge anymore? No. no. And isn't that amazing? Allowance mm. is everything, but it's the complete opposite of what we've been taught our whole entire lives. Even when nutritionists are saying, you know, you can eat what you want, but in moderation. Yeah. I could never eat it in moderation, even though I was allowing everything. I wouldn't want one chocolate bar. I would want five family size bars. Yeah. And then I thought there was something wrong with me. Well, there was a time where I used to sit and I remember I think I was still living with my parents at the time and I would sit and I would eat one of those huge dairy milk bars, mm. like the kind of family size ones and a big bag of crisps as well, oh, just yeah. like the kettle chips or something. And I'd eat that after my tea mm. and I'd have to finish it. I couldn't yeah. leave any. And it was just, it, it just became kind of perpetual. And then it was, it was almost like I was doing it and not really thinking about it. Mm. I was just, going through the motions but I couldn't not have it because it had become so integral to my life I suppose Mm. whereas now you know I can have a bag of crisps and really enjoy them and not need another one or I can have two bags of crisps or three bags of crisps and really enjoy them you know I could have one of those big bags of crisps if I really wanted them but actually most of the time I just want some of it and yeah. I can enjoy it properly. And then I, I don't feel as though I need as much. Yeah. So oh, I just love it. What about <laughs> your body? So how is your relationship with your body? Let's go. I loved how you use the relationship with the food analogy. Are you able to do that with your body? So if you were in a relationship with your body, who was a person, how would you describe that relationship? I think it's a little more tricky with with your body I think well with my body I feel because of I think just because of everything that goes on in the world nowadays with you know social media and adverts and things although it is getting a bit better 
because we are we we're just taught that you know thin women are how we're supposed to look we're supposed to be thin and that's it you know you're not a real woman you know in our culture anyway obviously because yeah. I know there's differences in different cultures um but so I still kind of struggle against that a little bit because I think that takes a little bit more time um in accepting myself for for who I am but I am much more able to look in the mirror at my body and not immediately kind of chastise myself for the weight that I am or for the way that I look or for the ripples that I've got or, you know, um, anything like that, really. I, I'm more kind of neutral, I suppose. I'm not kind of into the body love necessarily, although I do sometimes dance about with no clothes on to Lizzo um, because I'm trying to kind of embody that a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I would say that I've definitely gotten to the neutrality part. And I think for me, that's amazing because, mm. as I say before, I was literally just looking in the mirror and picking spots up myself and, and looking how bad it was and, you know, all the rest of it. So I yeah. think anyone out there that's thinking that's not possible, it really is because mm. I didn't think that I would get there with that. And I think it's OK to get to the neutrality part you know obviously you've encouraged that in terms of moving through those stages rather than trying to switch from one to the other yeah absolutely it all starts I mean even if and I know that you will continue to unconditional love and gratitude and then positivity I know that will happen with you because you're still showing up and doing the work but even if you just lived forever in neutrality neutrality uh, oh my god here we go again as usual let's use the word acceptance it's easy for my tongue to say today even if you lived in acceptance without necessarily being like, oh, I look so hot today or I'm just so in love with my body as because I love my body unconditionally, not because it looks a certain way. Some days I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I like the way I look today. And sometimes I'm like, "Ugh," but I just love myself and my body from that place. But even if you lived in acceptance, I mean, wow, how freeing is that compared to like what you said before? When, in fact, I have a quite another question for you. Did you stop doing things in your life or did you not wear certain things because you didn't want to show your body? And how and has that changed now you're at neutrality? Um, I think so. I mean, I it's difficult to kind of describe exactly um, because obviously we've gone through COVID and there were a lot of things that we stopped doing, like going on holiday and things for that period of time. So I think it's kind of difficult to know exactly what the changes have been, but I know that, you know, I went on holiday this year, we went to Turkey and we had a lovely time and I wore a bikini and I've not done that for a lot of years. Mm. And, you know, not since I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder. So for me, that was a big thing. And also even just getting on the plane, I know obviously we've spoken about this a lot. Yeah. but worrying about getting in a plane seat because I knew that my bottom is is larger than a plane seat um, and that it would be uncomfortable, it, it worried me a lot. And, you know, I, I kind of got myself into a bit of a tiz before and actually it, it was fine. You know, I was worried about it. And yes, it was a bit uncomfortable, but the alternative was to buy another seat. 
And I point blank refuse to buy another seat because I am one person. Yes, yes, yes. And I know for a fact that the um, the aeroplane companies have made seats smaller over the years. So it's not my Get fault. Get more people in for more money. Exactly. And that's not my fault. So no. I'm not going to accept that I need to pay for another seat just because of that. Yes, and that le- I want to go into weight discrimination and if you're happy to talk about it. Yeah. Women that are listening who resonate with what you're saying, who have the same fears around that, even, I mean, I work with clients who, when they go to a restaurant, they're looking for the type of chair where they're not going to, might not, you know, have a awkward moment where they might not be able to fit into it. And, you know, that doesn't cross my mind when I go out. And so I really put myself in the shoes of this person. If someone is feeling that way, what advice can you give them both internally to like protect themselves from potentiality not being able to fit in some place, but also how can they act in the world to stand up for themselves if they feel confident to do so? Yeah, I think... I think internally it is the acceptance piece in terms of, you know, I I go to a restaurant and there may be a chair with arms that I can't fit in and that's okay. Mm. That's actually okay because not every place will have chairs with arms and they will usually have an alternative. Mm. So it's about seeking out the alternative and I think having having those honest conversations with the people that you're going out with yeah. before you go can be really helpful as well. And just saying, look, I'm concerned that I'm not going to fit in these seats. Um, And basically, you know, I mean, like Connick is great. He will go and get me a different chair. Mm. He'll go around the restaurant or the bar and go and get me a chair without arms so that I can be comfortable mm. because sitting there uncomfortably is not helping you. No, and it's not, why should you have to do that? Yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. And and I think people just, sometimes we kind of, and I think I've done, definitely done this in the past, we kind of think that we've got to just accept it. Mm. And actually you don't have to accept it. No. You can go and seek out something else. And if that bar, you know, doesn't have chairs that you can fit in comfortably, then you're probably not going to go back and you shouldn't go back. Because actually, why are you supporting people that are discriminating against other people? Because that's what it is. It is weight discrimination. It's fat bias. And, you know, it's not on. No. Oh, my God. I'm just so fired up right now because I see it as something. Let's say let's say a thin person is sat at a table and it's really wonky. You know, like how you you can't eat because it's just so wonky. I always say something, can we have something to, can we have, like, I'm not like, can I have a different table? But can you just make it not as wonky because it's affecting my comfort of the paid experience I'm having at this restaurant. And so why should it be any different from a person just because their body is larger than the chair? It's not the body's fault. It's the chair's fault. Mm. And so I think thin women can also be fat allies and support, you know, just as white women can support, you know, racial and black women and all of that, which is just about coming together. Yeah. How did you, Laura? So one thing you said was really key at the beginning of when you started sharing about discrimination, you said, just accept it and then say it's okay. So how did you go from perhaps in the past making you wrong for not being able to fit somewhere mm-hmm. compared to now and being like, you know what, it is what it is and that's okay. I'm not going to make it mean anything about me. How did you get from 
from there to there. Yeah, I think um, listening to other women in the same position, um, mm-hmm. but also obviously the course um, being really, really helpful in terms of, you know, looking at sections on on fat bias and, you know, why that's such a big, a big issue for a lot of people. Um, reading things, you know, following, following, um, following larger ladies on social media, following, you know, fat travels, there's a, a blogger or yeah. a, I don't kind of think it's Instagram, fat travels, um, you know, following other people that are in a similar position to you, mm. getting rid of all the people that are, that are looking at diets and, you know, that maybe make you feel slightly uncomfortable, just get rid of those people because actually it's not doing you any good. Mm. And the more that you immerse yourself in that life in terms of being accepting and it's being okay to be who you are and that it doesn't matter about your body size and actually it's society that's wrong, the more that you can then move into actually thinking, this is okay, like it's okay that I am who I am. And actually it's not me that's wrong, it's it's other people that are wrong. Yeah, love that. And what about relationships? So I know like throughout our time together, a few you've asked a few pointers on, okay, this person, perhaps a family member or whatever, has said this thing. This is how I feel. I want to explode and say all these things. How can I deliver this without, you know, kind of without making that person wrong? How can you share with us what to do when either a stranger says some bullshit comment about your body size or a family member like obviously I'm I'm assuming there's two different ways you would respond yeah because I think with a stranger it's in some respects it's more it in some respects it's easier with a stranger because actually if you you know you might meet them once and then that's it they're not in your life forever and you can kind of let go of that a bit easier um not to say that it doesn't hurt because it does um but I think as long as you can remind yourself of those things like this is a stranger they're not somebody who I um spend all of my time with you know trying to rationalize it in your own mind in terms of the way that you know the, the way that you kind of deal with it I suppose you know, I've had all sorts in previously. I've had a lot of comments made to me in the street. Um, I've had people look, you know, just staring at me and things like that. But I think now, because I am more accepting of myself, mm. I maybe don't see that as much now. Yeah. Because I'm not as bothered about it either. Yeah. Um, so that for me is kind of, I think it just comes with time as well. I think putting the work in and doing doing the program, you know, doing all the modules and everything, learning about all these different things, mm. all of that all together kind of creates yeah. this feeling that actually it's okay and that you don't need to worry about strangers too much. Mm. When it comes to family, obviously that's difficult. Yeah. Because they are in your life if you want them in your life. Yes, love and that. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is a choice, but it's more complicated. And before you go into the family, with what you said was really key with when you accepted yourself and now you're at the acceptance part, 
we attract what we are right energetically so because you're now living in acceptance you're only attracting people who also will accept you and if if someone will say something that's not accepting it doesn't create the same emotional response as what it used to because you know that is all about them it's got mm. nothing to do with you it's everything that has to do with them and their judgments so that's really worth noting that when you accept yourself you don't experience the outside stuff like you used to because yeah. it doesn't have that same emotional charge. So I just wanted to to point that out. But yeah, let's go into family stuff because that, you know, I've only ever had personal relationships in terms of ex-boyfriends, things like that, say things about my weight when I gained weight. Never strangers, definitely like romantic relationships in a negative way. And family members, but from a place of like love when I've asked should I lose weight? So it's not been like an attack. How have you dealt with perhaps an emotional attack when they're trying to be nice, but it's really not helping? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I think um, it is really difficult. And, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy because it isn't. Um, but I think with, I think as long as you have got some support, so obviously, you know, I've got I've got you, um, I've got my partner Conic, um, who is really really supportive, and I'm really lucky to have that. Blessed, not, he, not lucky, blessed. He deserves yeah. you too. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I think, um, in terms of you know Conic, I think he did struggle at the beginning. Yeah, and he did ask questions, and he was like, "But I don't understand why you're eating like this." you know, and it, and it was difficult, you know, because that did hurt and it did, it did make me feel kind of misunderstood. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think talking about it helps. I think, you know, especially with somebody so close as your partner, mm. talking to them about it helps, even though it can hurt a little bit, it helps just to try and help them to understand what you're going through. Mm. Um, and just trying to explain things in a way that they understand um can really help I think um when it's other family members if you're not living with them it's a bit easier to to kind of let let go a little bit more I suppose of what they've said um but then it's also okay to challenge them yes yeah and I think for me like at Christmas I particularly was quite challenging towards my family because I was like, do you know what? No, this is not okay. You know, when people making comments, it wasn't necessarily aimed at me, but it might have been aimed at other people, you know, their partners or what have you. I'm trying to be quite quite um, diplomatic here with who, you know, I'm trying not to mention any names because yes. I don't want to upset anybody and it isn't about that. I think it's about, you know, telling other other listeners how to manage these things so I think it's okay to kind of say things such as you know we don't want any fat shaming here you know as a bit of a, a bit of a, a joke yes but actually still delivering that message that you want to deliver yeah you know it's Christmas we don't need no fat shaming you know let's just leave it as it is um because they might comment on what somebody's eating or whatever mm. and it's it's not okay no it's not it's, you know, it's telling them that it's not okay because it makes 
it makes you know the other person feel awful and then and then it's perpetuating the diet culture yeah have you noticed a change in your family since you've been you know standing up for yourself more and I love the way that you've you introduced that at Christmas because it it was it was light but at the same time it was delivering a like this isn't happening and I'm going to deliver it this way, but this is my boundary. I love mm. how you did that. Have your family changed at all? Um, I'm not sure that they've changed. I think that it's really difficult because I think that sometimes it's so ingrained in people that yeah. it takes a while for them to kind of see, see your point of view and see the other side of it. Um, and because if I don't live with that family member, then I'm going to do it less, I suppose. Yeah. So they'll I get it when I see them. But I will keep reinforcing it. Yeah. And I think that's important as well, to know that you can keep doing that because actually it's not okay for what they've said. And I think I think may, maybe in some respects it has got a little bit less mm-hmm. because I keep saying it. And I think that's the thing is sometimes just reaffirming that boundary, like you say, and saying this is not okay, probably does have some kind of impact upon them. Yeah, absolutely. (coughs) Right, go ahead. And I want to point out, you can't educate someone without their permission. So I used to stop being all preachy, (laughs) getting on my high horse, if you like, and being like, that's not okay because this, that and that, and this statistic and that statistic. And if they're not open to hearing it, I mean, I now I deliver it in a better, like more calm way. That's also okay. It's It doesn't mean you don't have to set a boundary, but it just means someone has to be open to education about it. And if they're not open to being like, oh, tell me more about that. And that's okay. But you can still set that boundary to be like, right, if we don't change the subject, I'm going to go because that's a consequence, you know, and it's okay if you want to carry on talking about it, go ahead, but I'm not going to be part of the conversation. And so it can get quite, I've had to do that with my family before um, quite abruptly because it's more about them talking about themselves, fat shaming themselves in front of me. And I'm like, but that's not okay either because they think it's okay because it's about themselves. But as you know, it's about everything because why are they, afraid of the fat that's on them now doesn't mean that only they're afraid of their own fat it's fat in general my fat someone else's fat and that's not okay so like you say anything that we can do to stop the perpetuation of the diet culture and the fear of fatness the better and I just love that you're you're stepping forward and doing that because I won't say too much because it's a podcast but knowing your plans for the future it's going to have such a positive impact on the world with you being a cycle breaker for this and like you know the next generation and the next generation to be like this is who I am that's Mm. okay I'm going to show up unapologetically in the world and be myself because that's the most important thing about life not trying to stay thin get thin weigh food and all that bullshit until you die because what's the point Mm. yeah and I think the other thing to kind of just mention is that I used to I used to kind of I used to say those things about myself you yeah. know I used to say those things about myself a lot and I and my friends were like you know don't say that because that's my friend you're talking about kind of thing and I didn't really kind of get it at the time I was a bit like but I'm allowed to say that I'm fat and, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong I am allowed to say that I'm fat mm-hmm. but it was almost like 
if I was saying those things, they were kind of like, don't say that because that's not nice. But then at the same, it's a difficult one to kind of explain, I think, because I kind of almost felt like it was, well, they were taking my right away from me for for, for saying that. Mm. But at the same time, I was doing it in a negative way. It depends how you're saying it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reclaiming the word fat, because fat is so interesting, isn't it? Like automatically the word fat means a negative connotation. Well, Mm. that's just like me saying someone's got brown hair. It's literally the same. It's just so interesting to me that there's fat and there's thin and then one's quote good and one's bad. That's completely bullshit. It's just a descriptive word of a person's body shape. Mm. And so if you reclaim it. Yeah. And also, like you say, it's it's a thing. It's not somebody. No, (laughs) it's it's you know, it's a cell. (laughs) It's adipose tissue. That's literally it. Yeah. And some of us have got more than others. And that's okay. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this. So two questions left. Okay. Have you got and it's okay if you haven't, but I thought I'd ask you because I know that you've been in conversation before with your partner about perhaps doing things have you got like a mission going forward in this in this fat liberation fat positive intuitive eating food freedom space have you got any plans so people can be you know watching out maybe reaching out to you yeah I would I would love to and I will I'm definitely looking to potentially do something within this area because I think that it's it's really important Mm. to share my experience um and you know try and help others along the way with their experience and knowing that it's okay because I think you know there's it's happening a lot more now and it's happening a lot particularly in America where women are coming forward and you know the health at every size is huge over there and you know I think we need to kind of bring that more to the UK which is where I'm from obviously and I know obviously you're from here but you're not here at the moment um and I think you know especially I mean especially for healthcare I think healthcare is such a big thing and there's so many ways that I have been treated in the wrong wrong way uh, to do with my health where it's always been about losing weight and I know that a lot of other people will have had the same experience that you know whenever you've got something wrong with you the doctor says well have you thought about losing weight oh my god I bet does that not really it pisses me off for you does that not like piss you off yeah it really does really pisses me off really pisses me off and you know to the point where I've had it a couple of times this week because I've been to the doctors I've got um I've got a sore knee at the moment and you know it's it's like I even sit there and say to them I'm very aware that I am overweight in terms of BMI and all of that bullshit you know I'm aware that I am overweight but I still need some help with this and it's almost like it doesn't register wow you know and they still say yes but you know um exercise and and diet are the most important things that you need to look at Hold on, I need to interrupt you. And I know this is not what you said, but right, imagine if I went in, I mean, I might be a mime, so over the, the bullshit thingy anyway. Imagine if I went into the doctors and said, I've got a sore knee. They would describe me to not exercise, to mm. rest said knee. Oh, like, ah. Uh, yeah. 
carry on. I just needed to like, they would tell me the complete opposite thing Yeah. on the knee. Like I would invite you or someone who's in a fat body to say, if they feel confident enough, because I get it, there's a lot of shame wrapped around it and all of that, to go to the doctors and be like, if I was a thin person, what would you prescribe me to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) to be honest, I may well do that because I am so fed up of basically being told that they can't do anything for me. It's ridiculous. I mean, I... I basically said to them, you know, I said, it's okay telling me that I need to lose some weight and, you know, I need to exercise and and diet. I said, but at the moment I can't exercise. So what do you want me to do? Like at the moment, my knee is that sore that exercise is making it worse. You know, I need to rest it at some points. And, you know, the physio was quite understanding in terms of, she said, you know, you need to do a bit of both, but they're still basically prescribing exercise when that is going to make it worse. And they're prescribing exercise for weight loss. Yes. Right. So here's the thing. And my voice has changed. I know I've jumped on my high horse anger a bit here. It's like saying a doctor's like saying, because when doctors prescribe all these people weight loss to help with their condition, it's like saying, right, imagine if weight loss was a pill. And it's like me saying, you've heard me say this before, Laura. Here you go, Laura. I'm the doctor. This is a pill. There's a 95% failure rate. There's a 37% chance you'll develop an extreme disorder, like an eating disorder from taking this pill. And there's a likely 35% chance that your condition will be worse, aka you'll put more weight on when you take the pill. Are you going to take it? Well, no, thank you. That's what they're doing. So it's all right them saying if you had less body weight, then you, it would be less pressure on your knee, blah, blah, blah. Not debating that that's not true. What I'm debating is someone, there is not one single piece of evidence in the whole world that shows diets work long term for weight loss. So it it's not like they're prescribing something that actually works. No. Okay, now I'll let you speak. <laughs> No, it's okay. Don't worry. Because the thing is, I'm definitely in the same respect because I've been told previously to do the 800 calorie diet. Oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, why are you even mentioning this to me? You're a doctor. You know, this is not good. Or do they? This is is the big problem. I mean, I feel like we've opened a whole can of worms here, but this is a problem, isn't it? And I'm not saying doctors are out to get us. Obviously, they they're in the in the profession for the opposite, but they need education on things that actually work and diets do not work. Yeah. And the thing is that they know that, but because they think, oh, well, it's a short term solution. Short term. Exactly. And that's the problem is the fact that they're not thinking long term for anybody. And, you know it's it doesn't work because actually as you know we both know the more that you diet the more weight you end up putting on and the men your mental health also goes downhill so it doesn't it's not like it oh it didn't work it gets it makes things worse in your life in general and then you end up in that vicious cycle and you feel so bad about yourself and you've got everyone telling you just lose weight I mean and also because you basically you think that you're broken and that you've done something that the diet you you couldn't follow the diet so that's why you've put the weight on but that's not the case it's the diet that's broken exactly and I think that is a good place to end because I'm I could go on forever about this but are, they, are there anything else that you would like to say Laura to someone who was the old you let's say one two years ago that thinks they're broken 
and mm. is so shamed and trying to diet after diet after diet and has heard this conversation is like oh my god I would love to be in Laura's position right now what what message do you have for for that woman I would I would say here is a virtual hug oh yeah because I know exactly how you feel mm. and I want you to know that there is there is another option and that you can look at things differently and learn to love you know parts of yourself that you never thought possible and you know Victoria is amazing and will help you on that journey you know and if you need somebody that is in a larger body to talk to then please please reach out to me because I would be more than happy to have a conversation with you about it if you're on the fence you know I would I would be more than happy to have that conversation with you I feel like I'm trying to blink tears away (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you Laura we're all in this together yeah we're so needed and I hope this well I know this conversation will be so helpful to so many so if it has been please tag this tag this screenshot this tag us in your stories I'll put um, Laura's Instagram in the show notes and thank you so much for listening and Laura thank you for being such an incredible guest I love you and I cannot wait for your wedding next year (laughs) me too I can't wait thank you I love you too and it's been wonderful thank you for having me you're welcome (laughs) 